Welcome to this topical life. Real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. A discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy. Okay, and welcome to this topical life. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Summer Moon, and mm-hmm. it just so happens to be Summer, <laughs> and I'm sure she's heard that a lot, but I will just go ahead and let you know that um, this is really the first time Summer and I have ever actually met the second time. Like, we met, and then we talked, and then we're sitting down for the first time having a conversation. So you are getting <laughs> the raw of her and I getting to know each other. Um I met Summer because of an online um, market through Facebook, and she had a free bench swing thing, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that, you know, so I went to go pick it up and um, drove to her house and uh, noticed that she lives, it's like, a, what is it, like a condo or a townhouse or like a, what is it's it It's an like? apartment. It's an, it's an mm-hmm. apartment? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, really yeah. Nice. <laughs> they are really nice, like super, super nice, and she happens to live like literally within spinning distance of the pool, mm-hmm. which I was immediately mm-hmm. pool envy. And I always think about when I see places like that, I'm like, we should get out of our house. We should freaking go live by a pool. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, we'd only be able to use it like certain amounts of time, but those mm-hmm. months with it, it would be so amazing. We would say, you know, it's been phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's been really um, great. So, and I'm from Texas, so I have a a real love for pools, you know? Mm-hmm. So we were raised with a pool and it's like, that's what you do. Summers are for pools. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that. So anyway, um, we got to talk in and we talked about, um, how she was transitioning, um, from moving out of a house to an apartment to do, oh yeah, she's talked about Dave Ramsey and we'll get into all that. But I immediately was drawn to her because of my story with losing, um, our house in Redmond, Oregon, um, during the time of, uh, economic crisis, like majorly. And I just felt like, I was like, Oh man, I bet she has a lot to say about all that and we could relate. And so, you know, we're going to talk about different topics, but we're going to start with the house stuff and what made her decide to do what she does. And then I kind of will add in about what our house situation was like and just the emotional part of being a woman and having your nest, like your place, like is such a huge, huge thing for a woman um, and man too. But I think women probably would more, more so relate to that of just like making your home a home wherever right. it is. Yeah. And um, and that's a that's a that's a that's a big thing because we all know that you know nothing's permanent. You know mm-hmm. nothing's permanent. And what kind of valuables do we hold on to so tight and ones that we need to let go and when to do that and um, when that happens and how we handle it. So, um, anyway, so summer moon. Um, okay. It's so cool that your last name is moon. Okay. So is, you said your husband's name was Ben, right? Mm -hmm. So is Ben moon? It was always like summer moon. It was just a coincidence that I met him and married him. It's, it's memorable. Summer moon. It is. It's like, it's like hippie-ish a little bit. It is hippie-ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. Definitely. Uh, I get asked that a lot. Were your parents hippies? And I was like, no, actually I'm married. Yeah. Uh, married into it. And it's just a funny coincidence. And yeah. 
I like it. It's a lot easier to pronounce than my maiden name. So. Yeah. What's your maiden name? Well, it's Filipino. Sanyatan. Sanyatan? So, yeah. Oh, you're Filipino. Half. Yeah. You're half Filipino? Yeah. yeah I can see that now. You're dark skin and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's a beautiful brunette, you guys. I'm so pretty. She is so pretty. <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. She's like no. rocking no, no, no. the jeans and the cute, cute outfit. <laughs> I'm so gross. But um, hey, if I didn't mom... even brush. I don't even think I brushed. My... I had gum before you came over. I brushed That's my teeth. Great idea. You know what? I didn't even brush my. I honestly I didn't. Even... Did I brush my teeth today? Maybe, maybe. But I, mean, I did a lot of other things. So. <laughs> Your gums look good, so I'm guessing that you did and you just forgot. Let's just say that. Yes. <laughs> I've no. basically done everything else, but that was not on the list. No, so you saw me the day you picked up the bench. I did not look like this. Yeah, um, but you still look cute. But hey, I'm getting out of the house tonight. Yeah, she's out. She's I'm gonna. Night. I don't care if I'm visiting my 84-year-old grandma. <laughs> I am doing my hair, putting on mascara, and wearing clothes that aren't, you know, leggings or right athletic shorts yes yeah, she is rocking yeah. the out of house uh-huh. outfit yeah after this i might even go to target yes yeah, she knows? will she's gonna browse those aisles Mom's night out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go girl you go girl so yeah that is the story of summer and tiffany oh yeah and then i um mm-hmm. reached out to her after i think i guess either i had her phone number or Yep, we switched phone numbers. Okay, yeah, we switched because yeah. when you were when I was there, I was like, "Hey, would you ever want to yeah. talk on the podcast?" Um, and she was all up for it. So that was a couple months ago, and yeah. here we are. Here we so, are. So here we are. And so the housing, the housing. So you tell me how long you've lived where you are, and like what all if you know how that all went down for you in transition. Yeah, sure. So well, a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. Um, ben and I. When we first got married, he had just purchased a house in Tigard. And it was this tiny little cute house. And we moved in, played house, whatever. Had our first baby um, when I was pregnant with the second baby. Uh, and my, how can you tell me how old you were then? Or? How old was I? We got married when I was 25. Um, I think I was, yeah, I got pregnant with baby number one, 26. Okay. Uh, pregnant with baby number two and I was 27. I mean, they're 18 months apart. So, um, so I was nesting with baby number two and I was like, we need a bigger house, right? This tiny thing's not going to work. Uh, cause first world problems tell me I need a larger house. Uh, so, (laughs) right, right, right. So we moved into a larger house, moved from Tiger to Tualatin and, um, the house at that point was a little out of our price range, but we're like, we'll make it work. It's no big deal. We'll make it work. Right. So we moved into this beautiful house. I loved it. Eventually, my husband, for one reason or another, um, wanted to move. He, um, yeah, he just, I think we wanted to sell the house to make a bit of a profit for our down payment, have a little bit extra left over to put towards debt that Uh we had accumulated just being foolish newlyweds and having babies really fast, you know? Right. right. Um, and so that's what we did. And we moved into our house in Wilsonville, loved our house in Wilsonville. Um, again, out of our price range, but we'll make it work. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll stretch every dollar. So we move in, we loved it. Beautiful neighborhood. It was just, it's one of those places that I felt like I could stay there forever and just, Raised my kids there. Um, perfect size, 2,500 square feet, two stories, great backyard next to a park in a neighborhood filled with kids. Um, and 
So we moved in and, and got really settled in and got settled into the neighborhood. Um, and about a year in, we realized we have accumulated a lot of debt in our eight years. This is kind of at this point, six and a half, seven years. Um, and so we just started trying to figure out where to shift money around, how to kind of get on top of that. The debt was really weighing on my husband because um, he's the provider. I'm a stay-at-home mom at this point. Um, and for me, it weighed on me because it weighed on my husband. So it's yeah. putting stress on our marriage, which puts stress on parenting um, and then everything else. It's just a snowball effect. And so for about a year, I had felt super convicted to sell our house. It was too expensive for us. So wait, this is the second year of you living mm -hmm. in it? Then you yeah. started to feel that feeling? So yeah, okay. once Ben and I became honest with ourselves about where we were financially, mm -hmm. um, we I started feeling very convicted to... Um, to sell the house because I knew that was the way to get out of debt. I knew that was our largest debt. Um, and so what we chose to do at that point was to do a remodel. <laughs> Wait, a, re <laughs> a remodel on the house? So, yeah, so I resisted this conviction as much as possible. I was yeah. like, heck no, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm right. staying in this house. There's no way in God's name that I'm giving up this house, right? So I was like, Ben, you work harder. Let's do a remodel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need more. Yeah. Duh. So yeah. I want an open floor plan. I don't want I don't want things to be compartmentalized in this house anymore. It'll be so much better, and we'll be happy, right? Yeah. So twenty five thousand dollars later. Oh wow. Right. Was um, it way more expensive than you thought it would be to do a remodel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's a soul on the planet. Who's that ever has, said that, oh, that was a cheap remodel. We got away right. with blah, blah, blah. Even yeah. if they do it themselves. Well, I didn't expect a mm -hmm. thing to break, so mm -hmm. I had to pay for blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, and minus, minus the structural piece of putting in our giant steel beam um, to hold the house up, uh, we did almost everything. We did. My husband knows how to do plumbing. He knows oh, wow. electrical. He, I mean, he installed the floors, and we had someone come in and do drywall because, hello, you can't wing it on drywall. Um, but anyway, so we accumulated more debt in the process, right? But I really do feel like it was kind of God's grace allowing us to do that. Yeah. Um, one, it pushed us further into debt and made my realization of of how deep we were in that much stronger. Um, but it got our house in such a good position to sell. <laughs> right. So blessing right. in disguise. Yes. And so I, for a few months, so let's say this was six months into our, our second year. Okay. And so for a few more months after, um, I felt like I just continued to wrestle with the conviction of needing to sell. Um, I, ignored my husband's constant complaints of where of where we were bleeding money um and ultimately my sweet sweet husband basically left the decision up to me I think he was willing to work about 10 jobs if he needed to to keep us in that house because he knew how heartbroken I would be and how much emotionally I had invested in that home and so without saying I had the decision to make he just kind of let me 
go through my process of what yeah. I needed to go through. I think ultimately trusting that I would make the right decision. And so, again, I wrestled for quite some time, and um, I refused to pray about it because you knew what the I knew was. what the answer was already, and I didn't have to ask for clarity or wisdom or, yeah. or anything. And I'm not. I'm also not one to pray like God just provide because I just that's selfish to me. I just don't yeah. feel in situations like that. Hey, I really screwed us over with our money situation. Can you make it better? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and so I finally. This is literally how the conversation went. My husband came home one day. I had made the decision. We're going to sell the house. I looked at him and I go, fine, sell the house. We're going to live in a freaking apartment. Don't talk to me about it again. And I was so grumpy about it. I was such a brat about it. But for me, I made the decision. Okay. For me, that was a huge step. My husband didn't question it. He was just like, done. We're going to do it. Um, Oh, and let me just add in that we had actually uh, consulted a financial advisor about everything we had, do- we should do, and basically it was sell this, sell that. They introduced us to the Dave Ramsey program, and so we started that, and it kind of solidified my my um, conviction of you know you go through the Dave Ramsey program, you're really listening to it. There's no way you can sit there and say, hey, I'm in all this debt, and I can keep my really expensive house too. Right, you know. Yeah. Um, and so through that process, her wisdom, and she was wonderful, I think that she did everything in her power to tell us everything we needed to do minus selling the house because she knew I was so hard-hearted about it. Got it. And uh, so, yes, but I left out Because that selling piece. the house would have, like, just fixed everything? Basically? Not necessarily fixed everything, but it would have put us, it would have pointed us in the right direction. Okay. We knew we could make a decent profit on it. Um, we needed to stay in it for two years so that we could avoid capital gains because we knew that if we sold the house, we weren't going to purchase again. And since we weren't investing again in another property, um, we know those taxes. Yes. We capital gains would have taken many, many thousands away from us. Right. Um, so it wouldn't have made sense. And so we listed our house and by the grace of God, we had one offer, a little above, um, asking, and um, they were willing to wait until our two-year mark to really? to close on the house. So, I mean, it was only a couple months away, and you have to deal with, I don't know, the whole house buying process, whatever, yeah. that I didn't the pay waiting. much attention to. All oh, the waiting stuff, so, you know, inspections yeah. and this and that and appraisal and, and all of that. And so... It wasn't like they had to wait much longer, but it was a few weeks longer. And at that point, as a buyer, you're like, just get out of the house. I want to move in already. So they were really gracious in allowing us to stay in there longer. Um, And so we got to miss capital gains, uh, which was great. And we made a very large profit on the house. I mean, we, it it was near, it was pretty much a six figure, um, uh, What's the word I just used? Like six figure profit? Profit. There you yeah. go. I, <laughs> like I literally just said it. I know. No, Mom I do brain. that. brain. I do Why all do you that. think Let's... I grabbed coffee on the <laughs> yeah. way here? It's like 6.30 at night and I'm drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, we made a large profit on it. We were able to get rid of a huge amount of our debt minus one debt. We had about 15 debts, um, different credit cards and loans and things like that. We were able to get rid of 14 of them. Wow, and we that's have, amazing. So we have, we still have one that we're paying off. Uh, but now we're in an apartment and paying much less and we're able to pay on that debt monthly, which we weren't able to before. We just continued to go into debt, you know, and thought moving money around and um, and consolidating debt and taking out different loans to pay for those at different Yeah, try to get the interest, interest rates. Lower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, would do the trick. But, I mean, the clear answer was you guys – are spending way more than what you're making. It's not wise. And we were just going to be in a really bad position even just months down the line if we hadn't made that decision. And so it – my conviction came 100% from my faith, obviously. And I just felt like the Lord was telling me, like, I'm not asking – because I kept – my prayers were always – I don't understand. Yeah. Like, tell me why. It was a, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to give up something I love so much? Why can't we figure out how to keep the house and, you know, pay off all our debt? Um, And then I kept waiting because I knew what the answer was. It was summer. Sell the stinking house. Are you kidding me? Like, obvious answer. But I kept waiting for my heart to... Line up with it. to Yeah. Like right. to have a good attitude about it. You know, which you, is something, no, it's something that, that I, you would want. Yeah. That, that you it wanted was, it. Yeah, exactly. Like I had the desire to do it. Like yeah. what I felt like God was telling me was like I was in line with what God wanted. You know, like I agreed with it. I was right there. I had a good attitude. I was excited about it. And it was in that process that I really learned that for me as a, follower of Jesus it is like God doesn't ask us to agree with him or to understand why he's asking us to do certain things rather he says pick up your cross and follow me yeah you don't need to know where we're going you don't need to know why I'm asking you to do this but you do need to believe that I know best and I have best in mind for you, and I have way better for you than what you have planned for yourself right now. Right. You know? And so when I finally made the decision just to sacrifice and say, fine, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't agree. I'm actually really pissed about it. Yeah. You know? Um, And I'm sad, and I don't want to do this, and I will not be happy about it, but fine. I'll agree. Door slammed in your face, God. <laughs> like, yeah. Fine. I'm not talking to you right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, So I was acting (laughs) like my 13-year-old self. Right. um, Or myself with my husband when he doesn't give me my way um, currently. (laughs) But, yeah, it was just a really – it was a very raw moment for me to just say, fine, have it your way. I don't even care. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Leave me alone now. You got what you wanted. Right. And I'm done. Right. You know. Well, and I, for my circumstance, it was, um, we had two kids at the time and in Redmond had moved into this really, what I thought was very special house because 
Well, and it was a special house. I think there's seasons, you know, mm-hmm. there's these seasons, right? And so I think as a woman, like I was saying, that that tie that you have to that house mm-hmm. runs deep. Oh, yeah. Runs real deep. Mm-hmm. And that's what was the anger. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, uh, you weren't like, I need to have my house to look a certain way. Maybe it was truly just like, but mm-hmm. this house provides, this house gives my kids this, mm-hmm. or this is, you saw the future of what your family mm-hmm. could have. Right. So, I mean, just to understand, just to understand the anger, I, I completely felt that in my mm-hmm. own thing. And I felt like where we were living, same thing. It was like, we had all these friends, um, the money that, you know, we, I had lost kind of my job. Like it was just all kind of blah. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having to stop making payments on the house mm-hmm. and thinking that the bank would like help us out or like sure. we weren't, we weren't able to refinance because sure. we had a, a first time family home loan or whatever, and they don't let you refinance. So our loan to begin with was crap. Of course. So, um, I don't know. There's that They show. really set you up for success. Don't oh they? yeah, they do. They did. <laughs> That's it. And everything that we had had went into that house, mm-hmm. like financially. So, and also moving, um, I'm from Texas. And so moving from Texas mm, to Oregon, mm. it was such a big freaking deal. Oh, I mean, I would have like, I landed in that house thinking, I don't know when we would leave, but I don't leave on planning you soon. So fast forward mm-hmm. that end of the year where we had just stopped making payments, nothing worked out. I kept thinking the same thing. Okay. Well, surely you're going to make this work because I moved all the way from Texas to be here in yes. this special house. That I know that you provided, like, right. why would you take that away? And also like, it was crazy because, um, I remember sitting in my daughter's room who, which like, I had like things painted exactly. Like, mm. it's like when you get the house Ugh. exactly the way you want. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> it is. Yes. It totally is. I mean, I had it exactly the way I wanted and I was sitting in this chair and my friend who just like, who was basically my cousin-in-law, um, she sat across from me and she's just like, Tiffany, she's like, you're not going to live in this house. And it was like, I didn't even realize I was in so much denial. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. And um, so I was 30 at the time. I just turned 30. And then we ended up living with friends. And it was someone who, who was a dear friend of mine. And we haven't talked in a while. But we were we did children's ministry together. Like yeah. we worked at this church and stuff. And um, we, we joked around that we were going to take children's ministry to a new level, which we did. <laughs> Oh, just like with living together. And it was, it was oh, one man. of the specialist times. I mean, specialist, is that even a word? But like, it's not. Okay. But yeah. it's most special. <laughs> it's the but most you caught special. yourself. You caught yourself. So it was the most <laughs> special time. It felt like college roomie, roomies, but oh, I had two fun. kids. But, yeah. but then it was hard on our marriage because yeah. Brian was gone and he was going back to school to be the rock solid guy that he is. And, um, you know, and then it just, and then we end up in Portland, which is the place I never wanted to live, ever. Like, <laughs> don't take me there. So I just felt like a flailing, just flailing, you know. I had all the feels. Depression. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, actually, I already had depression. I had I was on the, I was on medication, and then I um, mm-hmm. kind of tried to get off, and then I had to get back on, and then it's just mm-hmm. a lot of roller coasters with all that. And then, yeah. um, but you know, a couple of years in things started to change, but all along with that though, 
the circumstance always was like, I was always like, okay, God, what is this? Mm -hmm. What is this? Mm -hmm. What is this? What is this? And it was a dark, dark time for me. I mean, I just felt like, I don't know, something about a home, you know? And maybe like how we were raised. Like, how were you raised? Like, I was just going to say, you just said something super profound, which I think is hilarious. And you may not have even realized that it was as profound as it was. But you said we ended up in Portland, which is somewhere I swore I would never, never live. Right? Yeah. So I grew up pretty darn poor. My mom did everything she could as a single parent to provide for my sister and I. But compared to especially the people who I ended up making friends with, we were very poor. Um, And growing up and as I got married and had kids, I always swore my kids would never be apartment kids. And that's not an offense to anybody who lives in an apartment whatsoever. But I have... I have still, because I will say that I still struggle with a lot of these emotions. Um, I never wanted my children to experience anything close to what I experienced. I've always, you know, as parents, we want to provide more for our children than what we ever had. Right. right? Um, And I think I dealt with a lot of embarrassment I don't think I realized it was shame as a kid but embarrassment for having less wasn't my fault that I had less but all my kids or all my friends lived in these big houses and and they had two parents which was a struggle for me as well Um, but you know I want I remember how hard that was for me I never invited friends over because I was embarrassed of where I lived and again not a discredit to my mom my mom did everything she could as a single parent with two girls to raise on her own also without child support so um you know just like so much goes into that but my mom did phenomenal I can't imagine being in her position and having to to raise two girls on my own two children on my own but, you know, as you're growing up, you don't, you don't respect and recognize those things like you right. do as an adult, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I lived in this place of embarrassment and I've always sworn my kids will never live in an apartment. Wow. Ever. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then come full circle <laughs> and God's like, oh, did you say Never. Oh, really? That's hilarious. Okay, so you tried to make a plan for yourself. Yeah. I'm going to show you that your plan is not my plan whatsoever. And, you know, I'm so thankful at this point because I think the only way to get through this sanely, this season of life for me right now, is to really say, okay, what are you trying to teach me? What am I supposed to be learning in this? Because, yeah, I said I would never. You had other plans, sure. So why did you have those other plans for me? And I don't know if it's necessarily, I think there's a lot for Ben and I to learn through this process as far as money management. Hello, don't be so unwise. You're stupid. Your husband's making way more than enough money to afford a house for you and your family. You know, obviously you guys are making some really poor choices, right? So um, that's one of the lessons we're learning is... (laughs) Well, just the practical... Yeah, be more wise. The things we don't need... You know, which is a huge thing for me. Gosh, 
I've been purging like crazy and I just keep purging and I'm loving it. I'm addicted to purging now. Yeah. There's so many things we don't need right. that we think we need. And I'm like, where did this come from? I have no idea. Right. Um, but I think another thing that it's providing is it's allowing my kids to see what it's like to live with less. Right. Yeah. To have the conversations of we can't afford that or no, honey, we can't, we can have a dog or a pet if we really wanted to. I don't want one in an apartment. You so. didn't hear that, kids. <laughs> you have not heard that. That is deleted. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> We're going to edit you that cannot, out, right? You cannot have any um, pets in your apartment. But we cannot have a pet, guys. Right. Because we're in this. And I mean, they're small things, right? But... We also don't have the luxuries. You don't have an upstairs and a downstairs. You live in something small. Yeah. Okay. You live in something really little. Okay. You guys are sharing a room and in this room is all you have. These are your belongings, you know, and when they ask for more or they ask for something that we could have put in our other house, like a, the basketball game thing where you throw it up into the hoop and it counts and they're like side by side. It's the big. Yeah. Whatever, make yeah. a shot game, right? Arcade looking kind of game. We have it in our garage, and it's of course never you used. Do. Of course it's you never do. used. But we could have had that in our giant playroom. I would give it. A, I would okay. have given you mine. Giant playroom. We had this giant playroom Ugh. that was filled with crap that they never played with. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but no, we don't have anywhere to put that, guys. So how could we get that? You know, we don't have a yard. So no, you can't get a trampoline. It's these things that they're they're learning. They're also making friends with kids who have even a lot less than what we have now. We've been meeting kids in in the apartment complex who, you know, um, we've just been able to see uh, have less and yeah. go without. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm so thankful that I can look back on what I didn't have to realize and appreciate now what I do have. And I don't think, not that this is going to be like a monumental time for my kids because they're five and six and they live somewhere with a pool and how exciting is that? So I don't necessarily think they're going to look back and be like, oh, we lived without, we were so poor, you know? No, they probably look at it as like the most happiest time of their life. Yeah. I just <sighs> like, hey, remember that time when you lived with nothing compared to what you have now? Like right. how great was that? You yeah. know, there's just a comparison now. They can they can experience right now one hearing no more often, which yeah. is a great word for we, them to hear. Right. Um, and they can experience not being able to have the things that they want when they want them. Um, and they can know how to play without having, you know. They're using the their things. imagination. Yeah, they use their imagination and they know how to make friends. They go outside and we go to the little communal playground and they're just talking to kids they've never met. And it's like in our other neighborhood, we made friends with all our, our neighbors, but they ended up all going to school with my kids now, you know? Right. And so, and they all live in these big houses right around us. And so I just think there's all these valuable lessons for Ben and I, absolutely, but it involves our kids too, and it's teaching them practical life things that they wouldn't be able to experience had we not given up the house and moved. Um, and they're meeting people that they wouldn't have met. Yeah. You know, um, they're making friends they wouldn't have made. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it's been refreshing. Um, 
I, I, I will be completely honest and say that I still struggle on a daily basis with, and this is just deep rooted in me, with the sadness and kind of embarrassment of not having a home that I'm proud of to invite people to. That's still something I really struggle with. Right. Well, um, and that's, I was actually just going to bring that up because I think one of the things that you had said, like the moment that we had met was, is yeah, we used to entertain a lot. All the time. And have people over. And I think that is very awesome. And I don't think that's ever going to, I don't think that's going to go away. You know, that's going to come back. Yeah, I think it's going to come back, but it's been a hard season of not having my house open to people. I think it's also been good to take a break from it. Yeah. Um, How long have you lived in the apartment then? Only since November. Oh. So we're at eight, eight months? So it feels months. a lot longer because you're like every day having this thought? Yeah. I think that it's just a, a natural human emotion that I have and just like a selfishness and a... Wait, I don't think it's selfish. I think... How is it selfish? I think it's selfish when my mind frame changes from gratitude for what I do have. Uh-huh. Um, changes from that to sadness and envy for what I don't have. You know, okay. I think that it's selfishness is more a state of mind of wanting something that you don't have or you can't have instead of looking all around and finding how much more you do have. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, there's nothing, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with me saying, I want a house. Mm-hmm. I want something somewhere where I can, I have the space to invite people over. I mean, we've had like, couples over or something like that but it's not like I can fill my house I can fill it with like two and a half people right now you know instead of like the 40 people that I had at my house prior um so I don't think there's anything wrong in saying like this is a goal I have I want a larger house so that I can entertain more people and actually use that space so I can have a backyard for my boys and provide a childhood that I feel like would be beautiful for them right but in those moments, I get – it turns to selfishness because I look at what I have and I'm just like, oh, this is not enough. I hate this. I hate being here. I hate this this small room. I hate the furniture right. that we have. I hate blah, 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 blah. You know, I hate that I had to give up this and that. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for somebody who can sit and be content with, they ha- with what they have even though – it's less than what they really, really want. Oh, yeah. You know? And so that's yeah. where I feel like it turns to to selfishness is when you get rid of the gratitude. Yeah. When you can't find any good in your circumstances, right? Especially where I'm at. There are people who are living with a whole bunch less than what I have and who are perfectly fine with it. And, yeah. you know. It's refreshing. Yeah. Absolutely. And then to sit there and be like, my huge TV that we have mounted on the wall and my large pantry that's filled with food that if the zombie apocalypse happened, we'd be good for a while. Yeah. You know, um, the, those zombie things, apocalypse. you know, yeah. I, well, you know, I know, I, I know. live with a husband who wants to prepare for that on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. He's Just like, we need weapons here. <laughs> would be our escape route right 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 right, right. you know but um yeah I think it's just more the mentality that goes into it 
Well, in that mentality too, it's like, I feel, so for me, it was like, you know, I don't mind having, I think for me, it was more like rooted with, I was raised with not a lot as well. Um, but there was a lot of, well, I don't really want to get in the childhood part of it because I haven't told my parents that I would ever talk about the childhood part of it (laughs) yet. I will. But, um, I felt like I need to ask them first, like not ask them, but just like be like, give them a heads up for what was hard about it. Um, but I would say that, you know, found God pretty young. And for me, the process of the losing and the losing and the losing, um, I felt, and it took me a really long time to come to this. In fact, what Mm -hmm. I told you earlier, I feel like I just came to this and we lost our house like seven years ago. Well, maybe a little bit more than, actually more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruthie was like almost three, mm-hmm. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so seven, yeah. So she's almost, so almost eight years. And I feel like the root for me was, um, you know, and I was told that, you know, God is a relational God before he's a anything else. Mm-hmm. He, he, he wants your relationship. Mm-hmm. So for me, the root of for me, I also said I never wanted to be homeless. Mm. Never, ever would I ever be home. Like, that would be the worst thing that ever happened to me, mm. is what I thought. Well, when I was growing up, there was a lot of money problems mm-hmm. um, and talked about. So I had a lot of fear based around money. Sure. And so in college, fear about money, fear, 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 fear. And it wasn't so much even about stuff. It was just like fear of money. And I did, I mean... Financial pressures were hard on my marriage, but I also, I mean, even with financial pressures on our marriage, and it was really hard on our marriage, I, I never looked at Brian like, you need to be providing right. this. It was never like, I never looked at him like, what are you wrong with you? <laughs> like, I never had that. I was always myself. Well, fast forward, the root of how I felt with God and what I thought is, God, I just didn't feel like you loved me. Mm. I didn't feel like you loved me. Like there was a tie to me having a stability or security with his relationship with me that didn't match the true, really true love that he was trying to show me. And, um, and that, and unpacking that is a little heavy, but, um, just in an easy words, it was just basically like, um, the attachments that I had, um, were false Mm -hmm. and they weren't true love. Mm -hmm. And, and it wasn't even things. It was more um, sec- about security, mm-hmm. like where my security was. Yeah. And and then when you're in a kid and you're jacked around like that mm-hmm. and things are, you know, not steady, that security as a child is rocked, you know. And so I thought by when we moved here and we got to this place that we're at right now, it, this is, I, t- I tell you not, it was like, I was saying to myself, I am so grateful that we live where Mm. we live. I am so thankful we have this house. I'm so thankful my kids go to where blah, blah, blah. I have all these things now, right? But guess what? Knock, knock, knock. God said, actually, I know you're hurt Mm. about what happened. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't need to talk about that. That was like, I thought I was going to be homeless. I'm not. Mm. 
yeah, I hated Portland for two years, but I don't. <laughs> um, I actually lost a love, uh, um, I lost a family member. Mm. Um, and during that time when we lived with friends and so there was just a lot of heavy, whatever, but what's wrong? We've got mm. it all now. Right. Like we, Brian got a steady job. Like he got that and right. I'm staying at home where I want to be. And well, you know, that's always kind of in question, but like just in general, <laughs> like right. things are good. You know, kids are not have cancer. My God. Right. I uh, mean, right. God bless those parents who are struggling with that right now, who are listening. I just, I'm with you. I feel you. I, I am, t- I am living a full fledged life in health Mm-hmm. not taking it for granted as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. I don't think that anyone can say they can do it hundred percent, but no. um, I think you would want us to be doing that. And we are. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so yeah, it was like, he does care about those feelings that I, so there was gratitude and I'm sure selfishness plays in pretty much a lot of all this stuff. But I thought it was interesting that God wanted to, go back to where I was really, really hurt so much so that I didn't even know where I was Mm. hurt, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, that was a lot to, um, I mean, just not even thinking about it for a long time. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, it was just like, you hear other people's problems and it's like, well, us losing a house, that's nothing compared Mm -hmm. to what other, you know? Um, but at the same time, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's it's all what, relative. It's his, and that's it's what he made a point. Oh, hello. My cat just, paws just clawed me. Um, <laughs> Get back here. But, yeah, and so it's just interesting. Just And you know what? To tell you the truth, if I'm honest, I want to have a big place where, you know, we, we do actually entertain here a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, just there are things that I think, like, will I have a house where, like, Brian and I have always had the same, like, vision of a house Mm -hmm. like we want a certain thing and it's not it's not totally out of hands for us but it's like a vision kind of you know and it's like that's one thing where I'm like oh I would really like that Mm -hmm. you know that was one thing I'm just like I really want this one place that's in my head that I can't describe sure so hopefully I'm not dead when that happens (laughs) it's I can't describe it I can't Uh, so hopefully it'll just be like made yeah one day and yeah yeah. well the only closest description I have is a mutual friend of ours and it's like this house where you go into it and the kitchen's not super big but it has like little pathways in the house and it's kind of mysterious like I like to read novels so there's parts in books where I feel like I want to live in this certain spot that doesn't really exist. Okay. okay. I know. <laughs> like the enchanted forest. <laughs> you think I'm crazy uh, right no, now. I don't. No, the truth is I am crazy. No, I'm just like, I'm literally thinking like, you're like, there's like pathways, these mysterious <laughs> pathways in the house. And I'm just like, Are you talking about enchanted forest? I am, I've never been there. Uh, Maybe I need to go there. I haven't there. been there since I was little, but I have a feeling you might love it. <laughs> I mean, the pathways aren't necessarily inside a house, but it's right. like magical. It's magical. <laughs> well, and it had, so this pathway it leads to these huge windows, and it has like yes. they have like a koi fish pond, and like I like I like secret garden type stuff. So if oh, you can I hate s- that, but I want you, you to live do. There. Oh my gosh, koi ponds like drive me nuts. Have you ever seen a good one though? Yes, and when I see them on homes for does sale, does it make you want to like kill the fish? No. <laughs> 
okay. I would never want to. No, I like <laughs> fish. Oh my gosh. No. There are a lot of maintenance. But when I'm like on Redfin or Zillow or something yeah, searching yeah. for houses, if they have a picture of like a pond in the backyard, I'm like, well, screw that house. Really? The house can be perfect, but if it has a koi pond or any other kind of water feature that's built in, I'm like, mm mm. Why garbage. is that? I love I water features. I feel like features. it's wasted space. I'm like, if I want a waterfall, I will go to a waterfall. Multnomah Falls, here I come. <laughs> I know. We okay. do live in the most beautiful place on the I'm planet. I'm like, I think about this little thing that nobody can even play in, really. It's like... Right. It's like, totally it's not meant to, Yeah. And it's, it's going to, it's going to attract bugs yeah. and salamanders. True. And this could be like... 100 square feet of grass like right. I can put something or I can grow vegetables and eat from it like this thing has no purpose it sits there and I have to clean it out I know I have to clean the I thing know. it's and for that one magical night though where you have your guests because and it's you, twinkling you lights the fairies to come in <laughs> at night time and so you see so the koi pond was right there and then it has like uh a library kind of like it's like Moderny kind of library where it's like you have the leather sofas and it's just like wait it has a, a koi pond in a library no no oh the koi pond, so you have these huge windows and you can see outside to the garden area so the koi pond is out there but you're inside and you have this library and it, Brian and I I swear we both walked we're like this place is like it Does just the library have secret it should. It should. It should. Because as you a kid, book. yeah, you know, like, we have an attic space downstairs right now. It's like half used. Okay. If I was a kid, I would have dreamt. That needs to be your safe room. Yeah. Like seriously. Like why do kids not go down to the attic part right now and put pillows there and pretend and do like whatever? Yeah. You know. It's like and do whatever. I know. I'm like it sounds whatever like kids a, do. <laughs> <laughs> like in the, yeah, and then they're teenagers. Well, oh, not doing that You're anymore. You're not going in that room. <laughs> Get the pillows out of there. Yeah, leave room Scratch for that. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> scratch that idea. Oh my um, god. But yeah. So wow. anyway, okay. Yeah, that was my vision of a house. No, but that's great. Yeah, it's just for a part you. of a house. It's a part of a house. You know what? I really hope you get your modern library with a view of a pond. <laughs> I really do. And uh, and great leather accessories. Like white? No. Okay, cuz no, no, I'm no, no. picturing really like no, like like a like the tan leather that's mm. like kind of more um what's like the word? Like a camel colored. Yeah, camel colored. Mm, camel colored with white shelves. Yes. And can great Pendleton say, pillows. Can I just say we have gotten into some profound topics <laughs> here. <laughs> People, if anybody actually listens to this, they're going to be like, wow. People will okay. listen to this, okay? The question is... Summer is really deep. She's I'm so a, glad Tiffany invited yes. her. Yes. <laughs> this is the stuff that we think about. This is the stuff we think about. So... Yeah. Along with other things. So, no. But when you think about this stuff, you know what comes to mind? Someone, like, blew my mind with this profound thought the other day. I'm going to reel this back in a little bit. Um... Isn't it amazing how, like, the homes we could live in, right, they could just be basic homes with, like, four walls and no decorations. Like, if, like, nobody ever had the the creativity created within, within them mm-hmm. to 
to make these things and to come up with patterns and and textures and things like that um like god could provide basic needs for us right a house with a roof four walls whatever lay down yeah. and sleep but like the beauty in things was completely unnecessary like yeah. we don't need like visually beautiful things to survive god could have given us the absolute basics right right like outside there could just be all brown we don't need trees to be green and lush we don't need flowers to be red and pink and yellow right we don't need the beauty in things like that was god's gift on top of on top of the necessities that he's provided for us right right? yeah so um when you talk about your house right and so it's more than it's obviously more than a house it's like God's put these desires and this specific idea in your mind of what would be home for you. And it could have just been a box under a bridge and right. you're alive. Right? right. Yeah. But like we have the ability to create something that's so dear to our hearts and that's home for us, that makes us comfortable and makes us at ease and brings us peace and is a safe, secure place for us. Right. Yeah. But that's also a dream. A bit, a little bit of heaven on earth, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's like, it's completely unnecessary. I just think that's just a really cool thought. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So do you feel like, like, I think that I've questioned myself. It's like, I wish I was a person that didn't care about, like, clothes or I didn't care about color or I didn't mm-hmm. care about all those things mm-hmm. because then it would just be easier to let go. Mm-hmm. Oh you know? no, I'm so tightly wound with that stuff. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. So what? So what? I'm into home decor. Yeah. Girl, I matched my shoes to my shirt. <laughs> I was, you know, I wasn't gonna put on random shoes to right. go with this shirt. Mom's done it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I. I'm not either. I no. like certain things. I like things of whatever. So it's like, do you feel selfish for liking those things? No. Right. I don't feel selfish for liking those things. I feel like that. So then where does the selfish fit it in? Exactly. So again, the selfishness is not necessarily like wanting something. It's not recognizing what you already have. Kind of. So it's when I see everything that I have, everything that's been provided. My apartment is actually really beautiful. It is. The things that I have inside my apartment are really beautiful. Um, and those things, I should be looking around being like, you know what? If this is it, this is enough. You know? Maybe I want other things. Sure. And it's okay to want other things, right? Yeah. As long as they don't become like an idol. Right. Like, this is when I've arrived. This right here. Right. I will be complete when I have yeah. this right here. Right. Right? And so often my mind does go to those things. Um and it does look at what I have and think, this is not enough. I don't want this couch. Look, it's starting to pill. Like, I want a nice camel-colored leather couch. Yeah. That's what will make me feel good about myself. That's when I will open my house to people and let them come in, when I'm not embarrassed of what I have, instead of looking and being like, what I have is enough. It's enough for right now. Yeah. You know, like, this is what I've been given, and I'm going to be grateful for it. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's more the mentality of what you look at what you have versus what you don't have. So, yeah. I mean, that's, and that might just be my own 
personal view. Not everyone has to agree with that. I don't really care. Right. But for me... That's where you draw the line in your mind. In my like, mind. Where you're like, no, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It's like gratitude changes attitude. I mean, I mm-hmm. tell that to my kids all the time. It's like, you know... And you know what? It's, it's crazy, too, because... You know, my kids are a little older than yours. Well, one of them, your mm-hmm. young, your oldest is close to my, or is the same age as my youngest. Mm-hmm. And, but now having a teenager, you know, and him going to school, like he's the only one, well, one of his other friends, they have a flip phone and mm-hmm. we don't have, he doesn't have a regular phone mm-hmm. or a regular, um, an iPhone or whatever phone because we're doing other things, sure. you know, we're changing up things, but <clears throat> he's faced with, um, less all of the time, Sure, you know, and I ask him, um, I'm like, does that bother you? Like, mm-hmm. you can be honest. You know, you know, like, you know, I know that you're grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. I do know that. And I know that you're so, that you, you don't have to, it won't make me feel bad if you tell me how you really feel. Right. Because um, I know he cares about what we think. And um, he's just like, no, I'm actually really fine. Like, mm. he doesn't, it's not... I'm like, so there's not moments in your day, because I was so like this. Like, there were moments in the day where someone had guest jeans on, and I was like, oh, my God. Guest jeans. You know, or, awesome. like, some other, like, a sure. spree, or, like, oh, God. Those, they would just, those two <laughs> they would just stare up. in my face, and I'd be like, I can't have those. And it would drive, mm-hmm. it would just make me feel like crap. Yeah. And I'm like, how, I don't know how my kid, because it's like, it's just not, he's just not driven by those things necessarily. Mm -hmm. And actually none of my kids are really driven by those things, but I don't think that's necessarily, they're just used to living the way we live. Mm -hmm. It's not even me even coaching anything. It's more just like, yo, this is what we have. This is what, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I do want them to be honest. Yeah, of course. Like saying, and that's new for me to be honest Mm. because I think I've shamed myself in thinking if I think that, then I'm a, then I'm a bad person. Mm. If I think that I'm this, that I'm not grateful enough or that I'm not this enough. Um, you know, that I think that there's definitely a way to be grateful for what you have and be fine with what you have, Mm -hmm. but still desire other things. Right. I don't think that it's wrong to want other things. No way. I mean, I think that's just kind of human nature. Right. Right. Um, well, and then you look at people that do have all the things mm -hmm. and they're not happy always. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that doesn't that doesn't do it for me, or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, I mean, I don't really think this is much anymore, but I would used to think, I'm like, how is that not po- how is that possible? Mm-hmm. What would it be like if I had that? Like, mm-hmm. would I just be? I think it's a huge weight. Mm-hmm. More money, more problems. Yeah. Well, when you have the ability to have anything, I think there's such a strong temptation to have the things, you know. And once you have something, then the you next great more. thing comes out. Yeah. And then you want that, you know, it's just it's having more a lot of times makes you want more or it just puts you in this constant cycle of always getting more just because you can. Yeah. Right. Or because you're just in the habit of getting the things without stopping to think like, is it a necessity? Is it something I really need? Am I going to use it? Those kinds of things. So, and you're just putting your focus constantly on things rather than on like real life. Right. Well, and I hear tons of people that have a lot say, I wish I had less. 
Um, <laughs> then get rid of your stuff. Yeah. Give it to people who don't have <laughs> Give anything. Give it to me. Don't say those words to me because I'll tell you where to take your stuff, okay? I wish I, I had wish less. I wish I had less. Oh, goodness. Or I wish, like, or I noticed that a lot of people don't, that do have huge houses, and I, you know, that, you know, they don't want to open up their home mm-hmm. because it hasn't been clean that day. Mm. Or it hasn't been... It's just not to their to, to their standard. Well, I think that comes with more societal pressures. Of yes, you have to like everybody always has to have it all together. Yeah, correct, which Way. is a great segue <laughs> to what we are going to talk about next. Yes, yeah, yeah, having it all together. I mean, I don't know a single mom who has it all together. And the I question is to. the question is is. Do you believe that's okay that you don't have it all together? Because we all say it, and then yet we're all, you know, doing 50 million things to try to make it right. Yeah. And then we end up beating up ourselves, and then it's like... I think it's okay to not have it all together. I I could not live... I I hold myself to a high standard of the facade of making it look like I have it all together. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, so I do certain things to make it look like I have things all together. all together, but that's pride. Right. That's complete pride. If I talk to somebody, I have no problem telling people how not together I have it. Like the fact that I ate like 16 brownies watching Friends and the crumbs are in my bed still, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> And yeah. I slept in the crumbs. <laughs> right, Another right, reason right. for showering today. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah I have, Sweep those out. Yeah. yeah I, have, I have no problem telling yeah. people that before the shower, I had not washed my hair for like, I almost said 27 days, but that's a lie. That's stretching it. It was like several days though. And yeah. I smelled bad. Well, were and you so, in the pool too? I mean, right. I'm sure. And I have no problem telling you that sometimes if I swim in the pool, I feel like I'm clean enough. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> because the chlorine sanitizes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, the chlorine. Well, the way that those pools use chlorine, it's like liquid skin. It's like you can feel the chlorine like. Oh, I go like this. Yeah. She's rubbing her shoulder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't see me, can you? (laughs) She's rubbing her shoulder. I need cameras on me, not just a microphone. Yeah. Um, I'll just rub my skin, like my shoulder afterward and like film comes off. It's It's like so gross. And how do I think that I'm clean at that point? You know what? You kind of are. You're chemically chemically clean. My kids are probably cleaner than they usually are after the pool. Right. Not me. Um, no, but I mean, how it never fails. When I'm getting together with someone for a play date or something or going to their house, I'll get a disclaimer beforehand. Don't mind how messy my house is, blah, blah, blah. And I come in and it's like, wow, this is cleaner than my house ever is, yeah. you know? Or like I did it today. I was meeting up with my girlfriend at a park this morning and I text her and said, I'm coming straight from the gym. I probably smell bad and I look disgusting. And, yeah. you know, warning her, like me just showing up, normal summer isn't enough right and so it's like why do we do that i mean look at every tv show and in every kim kardashian out in the world that's photographed and you know i mean they 
have it all together. They walk out of their house and they look beautiful every day as they have their kids who are dressed by six nannies and, and you know, on their hip and they're leaving a spotless house because their housekeepers clean up right after them. And right. But they look like they have it all together, right. right? And then all the TV shows show all... I mean, it's getting better now because they show hot mess moms, which I am yeah. so thankful for. But before, it was always the moms who had who had the kitchen clean and the laundry done and they still had time to shower and do their hair and look beautiful for their husband when they came home. You know, it was yeah. just the, it's the 1950s. It's like full circle. Image. Right? Yeah. And I think it's not lasting as long, but it definitely... Well, with the social media aspect and, yeah. and then getting people to real body types and like those kind of things, yeah. kind of adding that into it, just like, well, this yeah. isn't reality. Right. Um, and then kind of filtering that to mom life and parent life and house life and all that kind of stuff. But, right. you know, in this area specifically where we live in Oregon, um, the West Lynn life, the West, we call it West Lynn is where we live. And, um, it's just, you know, it's a different, it's a different flavor of things because you have a, you do have a lot of like working successful moms Mm -hmm. who, or decided at, you know, age 35 or 30 or eight that they're going to stop doing work and have Mm -hmm. kids. And it's like almost kind of like so structured in a way and it's great for them, but it's funny for me to be in this kind of environment because, we got, you know, my career never really, like, it, it kind of just, like, I went to school, but, like, I had kids very quick, mm-hmm. and I was young, and it was like, I mean, you're kind of in the same boat, because I was 25 when I had mine, 20, I was pregnant when I was 24, but it's kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. but it was like, I just, it was like, we were kids raising kids more so, mm-hmm. you know, and so we've always been kind of behind the our friends, like sure. most of my friends are like 50 mm, or 45 okay. or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's just interesting too. It's like different, different times of life, different, you know, and all those kind of things. And so priorities and all those needed to mm-hmm. be or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, but, but you know, that whole thing with being a stay at home mom, and that's kind of what we want to talk about too, mm-hmm. is just being a stay at home mom and how, that all goes into mm-hmm. it, the, yeah, so I think one of the things that, I mean, I've learned being a stay-at-home mom. As being a stay-at-home mom, yeah. Um, what was your job before? Well, I was in uh, retail management for about 10 years, oh, wow. I guess. So I've always, I've had, I love people. So. I could tell that. That is like, that's the biggest thing for me. And so being in customer service, I really thrived because it's all it's just people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Constantly, right? Yeah. Um, and then retail management, hiring and training. and um, So you were pretty young and, then doing that. Mm-hmm, I started when I was 16. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I started when I was younger than that, but management when I was 16. Um, so I was just really independent um, growing up. And when I was 18, you know, I, I, I started working full time when I was – 16 or 17 and um and so for half of half of high school I worked full-time and went to school and and graduated and everything but when I was 18 I moved out and um 
And so I've just been basically taking care of myself. I had been taking care of yeah. myself for a long time. And, um, and you know, I met my husband and I was working and I was an equal contributor and, uh, I always, I always had a desire though to be a mom and I knew I wanted to stay home. I didn't realize a sacrifice that would be yeah, and what that would do to me emotionally um, and what losses I would feel. But I knew that that's how I wanted to raise my kids and then was in agreement and we happened to be on the same page with all of that. Um, and so actually Ben, the saint he is, when I was four months pregnant with our first child with Malachi, he uh, allowed me to stop working. So I got like six whole months of sleeping before I had Malachi. My first pregnancy, I just got to like lay on the couch all day, which is not the only thing I did. I did a lot of eating. Yeah. Um, But, uh, but you know, I had a really restful pregnancy and that was great. But then came along baby. That was a really hard transition for me. I struggled with postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, pretty severe. And then the isolation kicked in. You know, and just the monotony of day-to-day being the same thing and raising this human. And it's like all day, every day, I would feel either bored because the kid was sleeping or I would feel overwhelmed because the kid was awake. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And are you alive? Are you dying right now? Like, what's this noise you're making? Like, first-time parent here, do you need a diaper change? The line on your diaper just turned blue. Do I change it right now? Do I wait? (laughs) Like, how long can it withstand? You know? Um, Like, all the things. And so, I was not very good at it. I mean, it came natural for me to love him and take care of him, but like to keep them alive rather but like all the questions that came into my head I wasn't prepared for wasn't prepared for the lack of sleep and um and I found myself like right away missing work yeah yeah (laughs) and being like if I could talk to adults and if I could just not do this baby thing and if I could take a shower and and so I got this like crazy bitterness towards my husband of sure it must be nice for you to get up and shower every day and put on your nice work clothes and get into a car in silence and drive to work and then talk to adults all day and then come home and have me make dinner for you and you only have to deal with the baby for two hours before I have to nurse him and put him down and then he's awake in two hours and and so all of that settled in but um I've learned since I had Malachi six and a half years ago you know, I've gone through this crazy process of what it means to be a stay-at-home mom and in what it means really to be a woman who embraces a traditional role yeah. of being a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you were a high exec, when, <laughs> kicking when, butt and doing all that. When, you know, I had worked for a long time and I contributed and I found a lot of pride in in my paycheck and in the things that I was doing and the things I was accomplishing, um, the goals that I was meeting and exceeding and, and the accolades that I got from, from the things that I was doing. Um, and so all of that was gone. Right. And so you enter into motherhood, this thankless job, right. Where during a time where womanhood is being put on this pedestal and women are out there conquering the man's world um so to say um and I'm stuck at home stuck quote unquote stuck at home taking care of a child 
and not accomplishing anything, you know. I'm not this strong woman who's out there uh, setting records and running the world and taking over um, all the CEO positions and, and fighting for equal pay and the blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm not that woman. I am stay-at-home mom. Yeah. I cook the dinners and clean the dishes and, and go to the store the toilets and, and yeah. vacuum and do all the dirty laundry and um and so I really struggled with that a lot of it was pride a lot of it was loss um and just one not feeling accomplished um and not having any kind of I guess praise for anything I was doing right yeah, I struggle with that even now. Yeah, I, I still yeah. struggle with yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. But as I've been learning and I think I've just realized that there is so much pride and so much power in Sorry, I kind no, of moved no, no, away. No, no. Um so much pride and so much power in embracing a traditional role of what a woman is capable of. I mean, yes, women are out there proving that women can do anything, even yeah. take over the world, right? Yeah. And that's awesome, right? But there are the women who don't have the desire for that in the world who now I have seen and have heard in conversations I've had um, who because of this new, new shift in womanhood um, who now feel less than. Yeah. Because they're not doing those, those, those big things, right? Um, and that doesn't sit well with me. That just didn't sit well with me. Right. Because I had pushed a giant child out of my body. Yeah. Right? I had carried it, given it life for however long he was inside my body, and then I pushed him out. I went through a 40-hour labor and delivery oh, to get this kid out of me. Um, and now I'm raising him, right? Uh, and for me, that was a huge accomplishment. But it wasn't It wasn't being recognized. Like, no one was saying how great this was, right? When, holy crap. Yeah. Like, I'd like to see any man go ahead and do that, right? right. Um and so it didn't sit well with me that I was sitting in this position of I feel less than because I'm not out there doing this. All this attention is being focused on the woman who wants to prove men aren't better than women, which, duh, I mean, no. I don't yeah. know where that came from. I mean, yes, Obviously, I do know where that came from. Um, but, yes, I believe that women have been oppressed. You know, I believe in equal pay for the same amount of work and, and working hard. But I'll never stand for, you know, men are better than women or women are better than men. Like, that's just not yeah. a thing for me. Right. Um, really does know nothing good. No. And so I just – I knew – that it wasn't right for me to feel less than because I wasn't out in the world doing something that was recognized by some statistic 
or in a newspaper or on the news or something like that, right? I wasn't, I wasn't taking over a company and I wasn't um, fighting the, the good fight that other women were fighting. And so through a lot of prayer, through a lot of wisdom from other women, I just really, through a lot of reading, you know, I realized how powerful women are without having to prove it to the world. And that kind of set my heart ablaze. Like I, I have learned and it takes a lot of, when you are, someone who's been out in the world and has been used to doing big things and then that's taken away from you um, or you've rather you've given it up um, to raise a family like there's going to be a big struggle in that right Um, and when and if you're not one of those women hopefully you you sit in the confidence of how well you're doing in staying home with your children and things like that. But for me, you know, I had been out in the world and I had done big things and I had made it really far. Um, And now I was learning what it means to make it really far and be successful in private, in the quiet of my own home. Um, First of all, I had to get over the fact that I wasn't going to get accolades and praise and I wasn't going to be... Um, I wasn't going to win any kind of award for, for being a stay at home mom. Right. And that, that was okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, that's become okay. But then I just really had to realize where my strengths were. I mean, women do so much more stay-at-home moms do so much more than anybody gives them credit for. You know, I mean, they do all the household stuff, right? But they are raising humans and, God willing, good humans um, to the best of their ability to be the next people who make a difference in the world, right? And to me, I'm ridiculously strong. I do way more than raise children, You know, I mean, being available to be with friends and encourage other women and to, um, to volunteer in a school, to do these things that make a lifetime difference for people, um, has become more satisfying than any job that I've ever held before, um, outside of the home. And... I think that there's a meekness that people believe that stay-at-home moms have. Like, when you say meekness, you mean quiet. Yeah. You're like, you're just kind of... Yeah, meek, but, like, incapable also. Okay, yeah. You know? Like, yeah, you're quiet. You're reserved. Um, You bow down to your husband. Your husband is the authority over you kind of thing. Yeah, and you you see that a lot in, like, religious... Mm-hmm. communities and that yeah. just doesn't sit right with yeah but I mean and I've heard this from several women before you know and and my husband jokes around about it but I mean yeah my husband I am okay with saying he's the head of our household like that's fine with me I again it's not a pride thing for me but I if the husband is the head I am certainly the neck 
and the neck turns the head. Yes. And so, sure, honey, be the head of the household. You be that authority because, honestly, I don't want that responsibility anyway. I don't want it. But um, I know that you will come to me with decisions. Like, you like in an equal partnership anyway, which is what I believe there should be in a home, right? Mm -hmm. My husband isn't going to make a decision without me. Right. You know, because we are equal partners and he will listen to my voice. And I do have a strong opinion about many, many things. Yeah. And I know that he trusts my position and my opinions because – Lo and behold, he's seen good come out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Many, You're many a, times. Right, right, right. There's a reason for that, and that's yeah. that. And I think that, you know, if we're going to talk about how women were created um, and and the uniqueness that is built into them, I mean, all you have to do is read through – Proverbs 31, where it talks about all the amazing attributes of a worthy woman, right? And, I mean, take that away from even just being specific to to a worthy woman, a man seeking a wife. Like, it talks about what women are capable of. I mean, it talks about how she provides. Even though she's doing all these other things, she's still out there providing she's finding ways look at all these moms who are doing um like direct sales yeah yeah you know yeah um and who are part of these mlms and and bringing in bank for their family while they're stay-at-home moms i know two specifically who make ridiculous amounts of money staying home with their children running this little side business of theirs right, right. and so they're working hard They're out there. They're finding a way to balance it. I'd love to see a man come in and raise children, Mm -hmm. right, and run a business out of his house. Is it impossible? No. Right. Because men and women, equal but different, right? But women were created to multitask. Women know how to do this. They know how to raise children, and they know how to focus on on running a business or taking care of others and have volunteering places and being a part of their community. Like they know how to do all the things at once. Um, They know how to face the world's challenges and find solutions while they're raising their family and being a wife and um, providing on the side. Like women can they're just made to do all these things. Yeah. They can do it without a man, absolutely. I don't think that's as fun, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, women were created where it's not necessarily they're, they're fine alone, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> men, men are not good alone. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> and it says it. I mean, right. it says, you know, men aren't good alone and so that's why a woman was brought in right woman partners with them the strength of a woman is a pillar for a man and it helps carry them right so I just think that I don't think that women own or don't know how to own because it's not out there being promoted hey if you're a stay-at-home mom way to go 
You are a strong woman. You're doing amazing. You can conquer anything. You are resilient. Like nobody is out there saying and and really acknowledging the attributes that a woman has as a stay-at-home mom. It's not just that you're just a stay-at-home mom. Like you get to stay home with your kids. That's amazing. Right. You know, you get to raise these humans that you carried, but you also are doing a billion other things on top of that. Like you're the backbone. Right. You know, and I just wish, I wish that would be promoted a little bit more. Like the strength of a woman is not just what's being seen on TV. It's not just the woman who wears the four inch heels in the power suit and goes to the 82nd floor and runs this company like that right there that's a strong woman absolutely but the woman who's barefoot at home cleaning up after her kids and doing all the other things is just as strong and just as powerful just Mm -hmm. as capable as that other woman yeah well and I've heard a lot of women say too that who are going to the 72nd floor or whatever that you know with the heels and whatever is saying that um, being a stay-at-home mom is harder. It's harder. Yeah. So I think both I think both stances is like what are you trying to prove and where right. is your worth coming from? Right. Ultimately. Right. Um, from the stay-at-home mom perspective, where I started to change my tune was um, I was with a man actually and he was a financial advisor for us and he was like kind of, it was like, I don't know, it was way back when and um, I had the two at the time and he, I was, he's like, okay, so what do you do? I go, I'm, you know, like almost mm. whispering, I'm a stay at home mom. Like yeah. stay at home mom means zero dollars. Like right. we're talking about financial, we were in a financial situation. And so I was timid about my bringing, you know, and Brian wasn't even there. It was me kind of initiating this thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, I'm just going to be really frank with you. If you were and this just totally helped me. Um, he's like, if you were to get paid for everything that you do as a stay-at-home mom, you'd be making more than six figures. Mm-hmm. And that and that actually was like that statistic or whatever was actually an old statistic. Mm-hmm. So now it would be even more. Oh, yeah. And so he was like, just, I mean, I just thought he has no kids. He has no, like, he was actually, like, really young. And, mm. like, he just spoke to me so deep that day, like, he put a number to my worth in a really weird way. Like, not that a number would do it, but for me, in my mind, like, my mm-hmm. logic and, like, you know, all that stuff, I was just, like, I was able to walk away and be, like, wow. Like, I actually, if I, you know, like, it just somehow got a boost in that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, wiping a, a kid's ass, <laughs> that's $50 right there. Yeah. Okay, I just made you 50, you know, or yeah. like I, you know, I would say like when I was pregnant with Brian or pregnant with Brian, when I was pregnant, I would tell my husband Brian, I'd be like, hey, I grew an arm today. What'd you do? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I grew a foot. Yeah. What did you do today? Yeah. Like, I mean, just talking. And you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny is that it sounds like your husband's really supportive of you. Yeah. My husband's very supportive of me too. And it's like he has never really demanded my worth that way. Mm. Which is weird. It's all come from myself. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's like, why do I even do that to myself? Like, why do I even? And yeah. that was, you know, then. And then it got to the stay-at-home mom part where you're like, everybody, like, on social media is like, 
you know, this only lasts for a certain amount of time, enjoy it. Or like almost guilt tripping you to think that if you don't enjoy this moment, right. you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. That doesn't sit well with me. No. Because I'm like, I'm not having fun right now. No. I, I would like to eat my food and not hear kids mm-hmm. say, mom, can you wipe my butt even before he walks into the bathroom? Yep. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, really? Yeah, my mentor would be so mad if she heard this right now, but I don't think she's going to listen, so. <laughs> um. <laughs> Mentor, you're not allowed um, to listen. But no, I mean, Malachi told me not that long ago, I don't like you. And I looked him right in the eye and I go, I don't like you either. And he yeah. goes, <laughs> You don't like me? And I go, Nope. I go, I always love you. Always. There's nothing you could do to make me not love you. But in this moment right now, I do not like you because the way you're treating me right now is not a way that someone I like or someone who liked me would treat me. Amen. And he was like, oh. I was like, there's going to be plenty of times in your life that you don't like me. Guess what? Right back at you, kiddo. Yes. (laughs) And he was like, I'm really sorry, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's right. It only worked that one time, though, because I tried it again another time thinking that it would be like – like the, the thing, the thing you yeah. know, that gets him, and he's like, "I know, mom. Yeah, you already told me that." Oh man, I've stooped so low before. I'm like, I was sobbing. Okay, this is how not together I have it, and how bad of a parent I really am. Well, we're all kind of in the same boat. He was like yelling about something one day. I don't even remember. There's been so many times, but um, uh. I looked at him and I'm sobbing. I'm sobbing and I go, one day I'm going to die and you're really going to regret it. You're going to wish you would have been nice to me. And my husband was like, did you really just say that? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I really said it. That's how I feel. And Malachi goes, don't die, mom. And yeah. then I just immediately felt horrible. Right. You know, like, great, I've scarred my kid for life. I'm like, great. You're just giving him you perspective. Know? But then I tried that one again, too. Because obviously I didn't regret it that much. Yeah. So I tried it again. He's like, you already told me that one too, Mom. And I'm like, dang My it, I'm gosh. running out of all of them. Yes. I'm like, how much you can worse can You never go play get? outside again. Ben's like, there you used that one way too soon, Summer. I was like, I know. <laughs> five years old? What was I thinking? Gosh dang it. I should have oh. saved that for for high school years. But um, Maybe he'll forget by then. But anyway, I want to clarify, though, because I don't want to piss anybody off. I so respect the especially the full-time working mom holy crap yeah that full-time working mom whether you are single or you are married i i grew up with a single full-time working mom and i know and i have seen the weight that you carry yeah you know what i think we should backtrack too because i think that that is harder yeah okay so if you're a single mom or single dad Working full time and and Sam, we will go ahead and say that that is the hardest. That is by that far is, the hardest. Yeah, I think that I is can't the even imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. So I yeah. am just. So saying, your mom went through that. Oh yeah. And how I, did she like? What did, how did she get through all that? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. Okay, another just podcast. Say, it, it, it like there she, was a struggle. Let's just right. say it, it, so it it's wasn't a struggle. super easy for I, her. No, no, not at all. I'm just saying, any mom. Any woman, wherever you're at, if you're that woman out there changing the world, if you're the woman staying at home. Changing the world, staying at home. Changing the world, staying at home. Mm. Like, both are equally valuable. 
Yes. Like there is so much value in both of them. My where it didn't sit well for me, just so I can finish my clarification, yeah. is that there are so many stay-at-home moms who see the quote-unquote successful woman out in the world working, you know, climbing the ladder who feel less than because of that, right? Right. And like all of this can be summed up in there is just as much worth for the stay-at-home mom as there is for the woman conquering the world, the business world, or elsewhere. Like that's my – my – that's my heart in all of this, you know. But that stay that single full-time working mom, gosh, yeah. My mom, I watched her struggle a lot. A lot. I can think back to tons of struggle. Things that I didn't understand when I was a child growing up. And I kind of resented her for and was like, well, you're annoying. Like, yeah, because you're my mom. So you're – immediately annoying like right sorry just the way it goes when you're a teenage girl (laughs) you're annoying mom but now as a parent and realizing how difficult it is like I that would be enough for me just to lose it mentally like I'm not sure I have no idea I mean I think there's this I wonder if it's like if like a psychologists could break down a brain of a single mom working full time is it is their brain on constant fight or flight survival mode yeah absolutely i mean it's for mama years, bear for yeah. years that way yeah no time to i listened to um dak shepherd mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. he this is part of the reason how i got into this whole podcast thing is because of his his is the dak dak um dak shepherd armchair experts anyway his, his mom came and talked and she was a single mom for a long time. And mm. they had three kids. Uh, she had three kids. And she said that on the weekends, like she lived for the weekends. And it was like they would all literally on Saturday. And I think she had to work on Sunday. So it was like really just one mm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, they would all get in her bed, all the kids. And they would stay in bed the entire day. Mm. And just eat, watch TV, read books. Like that was their time. Oh, that's amazing. And that, she's like, that is like what I remember and she's like and that is what I loved um and she's like but everything else sucked mm-hmm. and I was just like wow I mean they basically the kids I mean essentially kind of raised themselves in some way mm-hmm. um it seems like but um because you have to yeah you have to mm-hmm. and so you wonder why I was walking to school in the yeah. dark a mile yeah. when I was like five and six years yeah, old so to get to school every day. Before we started this podcast, <laughs> my daughter, so we live like, <laughs> literally you could almost like kick a soccer ball to the school, right? And she, in mm-hmm. summer's like, so you probably love walking to school, you know, or like you're so, sh- yeah. right? Isn't that yeah. what you said? And Ruthie's like, no, no, sometimes I don't like it. And then she's like, and sometimes my mom just takes me, you know. She goes, or, it's so far. It's so far, <laughs> I hate it. It's so far. It's not far. That's so sad. <laughs> I, I was driving here and it was just like, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Like, I could almost go outside on my, yeah. So anyway, Summer was like, well, yeah, I used to, um, what did you say? Like, I used to walk And this was not, mile. this was not like a mile 
uphill both ways in the snow barefoot like but it story. was raining no but i, I mean you know my like grandparents cor- tell in my day we walked right blah 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 no it was a mile about a mile to school um we six in the dark but there were a group of kids yeah uh there yeah um you know because it's really dark early in the morning in yeah. oregon and yeah. so you'd walk in the dark and and yeah i'd get anyway. myself up and I think my mom was actually working early mornings at that point. So she'd get up, but we'd make ourselves breakfast. We'd pack our own lunch. We'd get ourselves dressed. We obviously knew how to tell time at that point because I knew exactly when I needed to leave the house. And, yeah. and, uh, how was well, that? And these are the, these are the life skills that we're backtracking, I trying know. to get them to know. Yes. I mean, Except I don't want my kid to learn by walking in the dark a mile to school at True. six years old. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll I don't that. want that. How do we have that in their mind but not actually do it? Right, yeah. Like we want them to have the work ethic to do something like that. Yeah. But yet not actually do it. Because... And the responsibility of time management. Yeah. I would love that Well, one. you know what? Some kids are just actually naturally better about that. They do come like that. Some of them do actually come like that. It's bizarre. They come like that? So, my like oldest. special order it? My oldest. <laughs> came with that he's like a walking clock but you also get a lot of questions when are we doing this how long are we gonna do this and i'm fine with the questions blah, blah, blah. because i'm, I'm not. a planner i'm well i'm a planner too but for some reason the nope questions... and i i ask all the questions really mm-hmm. why so, do you think sure. i was like what do i need to bring well what time should yeah. i be there no because right. those I were actually should... normal questions and i didn't even tell you really did i you did not yeah see i'm not good you're not as much of a planner as you think you are <laughs> Oh, you like, plan when to, to record and when to post. Yes. Good job, Mom. <laughs> it's true. I am, I, there's a lot of details I miss. That's okay. Everyone does. You know, and so thank God for people like you that can just come in and be the strength of the scheduler. And, um, you know, I mean, it does. It takes all. But, yeah, it's funny because, um, yeah, so she, back to the whole walking yeah. to school thing. And so Summer's like, well, yeah, I used to you know, walk a mile and, you know, in the, in the dark. And Ruthie's just like, she just didn't say anything. I think she got up and walked away. <laughs> and I was mid sentence. So I was like, cool. You didn't like my story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ruthie. Well, it's I classic. Mean, yeah. And I mean, kids. You didn't like my story. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. I'll add a dragon or a princess next time. And the princess was waiting yeah. outside for me. Right. Um, no, but kids are, there's, they're always going to be those kids that have the stories though. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Of having less and experiencing life different. And I really, I struggle between the desire for my kids to have an easier life than what I had mm-hmm. and understanding what real life is and not this protective, shiny picture that Ben and I tried to paint for them yeah you know I it's really hard because you want to protect your kid but you also you want them to have the life skills as they grow up so it's just one of those balances right it is a balance um but again that's why I'm like okay kids we're gonna I'm not saying that I currently do this because yeah. I don't. <laughs> but my plans <laughs> right, right. are, you know, as soon as they're older, I spent a very short time in Haiti, but that was oh, so enough to I. that was enough to change my life. How long? Um very short time. Okay. Like 
a little over a week. Where, okay, yeah, me too. Where in okay. Haiti? Um, Port-au-Prince? Well, no. Oh, well, yeah. We went a, into Port-au-Prince. Yeah. You know. Um, we were in Carrefour. Okay. I don't rem- I don't really remember the name. I have pictures, we're but... in Carrefour? Yeah, we're in Carrefour. So were you, like, what were you doing? I, yeah, Haiti. Hello. I was there on a mission trip. Me too. Yeah. And so it was 2010. Was it in high school? It was 2010. Okay, it was, so recent. It was the year of their oh. disaster. So I was, yeah. yeah, went there and stayed in an unfinished hospital building that had, you know, all the, like, barbs on the top and open windows, and it was surrounded by Haitian guards who, pretty sure weren't official, but had machine guns on them, Jeez. and we were right in the center of this tent village where people... That's all they had left was these tarps and tents, and and we ran something called the Lord's Kitchen and brought in um, only children to to feed them, and um, went to the orphanage and kind of went around the tent village, but it was really not safe to be there. We realized once we came back how unsafe it was. After our trip, they stopped doing it the way that we did it. So Whoa. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> well, it's... I'm so thankful for it. I mean, yeah. God is with us. I can't, we didn't feel scared during, is the thing. That's cool. We had, I mean, we did not feel scared. Um, looking back on it, it's like, mm, that wasn't very safe, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's not like they have high-tech security or anything around there. They just had a couple Haitian guys with machine guns. So what, it was a coup, right? Wasn't it a coup? Like their own government going against themselves? It could have been. I don't know. I was pretty naive to it at that point. Yeah. I just wanted to go and serve. And yeah. so went. It was a big governmental yeah. bad thing. And it, and it came back. We came, I came back and it like totally changed my life. You know, it changed my heart. And, and so um, belongings, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. I cried grocery shopping. That was my biggest thing because these people just don't have food. And they're the most joyful people in the entire right. world. They're the right. kindest Giving most generous, happiest people I've ever, ever met in my entire life. Constantly smiling. They have nothing. Like less than nothing. You know? And I go into the grocery store. I walk out with six bags and I just sob. Just sob. Because I'm like, I shouldn't be able to do this. I should be taking these groceries to these people. You know? Um, So again, it's that balance of, you know, not feeling guilty for what I have because God has so graciously given it. Yeah. But having the heart posture of gratitude yeah. for it and realizing how much it means and how much I have. Um, but yeah, it all seems, it all sounds so cliche unless you've been there and you come yeah. back and you've, you've felt the difference. Right. Right. So it is. And that, that's too, like, um, some of the best things vacations I've ever been on were mission trips because yeah, Something about giving and doing, it was more fulfilling than just sitting around and like, you like, oh, you yeah. have the ideal thought of like, you really have the ideal thought, like, I'm gonna sit around, I'm gonna be relaxed. And I do, I can, I can chill, I can definitely chill, but not for more than like three days or something. Sure. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, I'm yeah. restless and all this. So the idea of it sounds good, but then it's like, you're, it's just, you're thinking about, you're just bored. Like, it, it just feels like, mm-hmm. and then you just like, want more. Or you just feel like, this vacation shouldn't have been like this or this or yeah. that or expectations. Right. Just go yep. to crap. Yeah. And then you spent all this money. Yeah. And then it's like crap. Like mm-hmm. for me, that's what it's been. Yeah. And so totally. 
So, uh, oh, the mission trips. Money part. Yeah, and then you come back, and you're like, face reality, you're like, oh, yeah. okay, that sucked. Well, yeah. it was great family memories. And right. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel guilty about that. And then, but with mission trips, you come back just completely fulfilled. And yeah. And like, yeah, so I want to do that with my kids, too. Yeah. Well, anywho, <laughs> um, we're going to wrap that up because um, is there any last word you want to say on this podcast as we have family coming in through the door? No, um, I don't think so. Have we covered all the covers? I think so. I just, like, apologize for my rambling. What? No. I feel like the whole stay-at-home mom thing and the – I feel like we could do another podcast on that sometime. Yeah. Like, if we live another – four months in our stay-at-home on this we'll have more to divulge right and that's the facts mm-hmm. i would love to hear from a single yeah full-time working mom yeah i'd love to yeah if one was willing to share the hardships of it yeah you know that would be yeah I think so if you're out there and you're, you're single <laughs> like you'd have time to listen to this anyway but if you're there Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. Yeah. So, well, Summer, I just, I, you know, listening to you, I'm like, wow, like you're such a confident, beautiful, great, honest mom. <laughs> and you have a lot of strength and it shows. Oh, and well, so you. I'm sure imagine like all your friends and who you're impacting. I, I know it's a lot. Oh, well, thanks. And just, um, I think it's cool that we met and you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah. This was great. Yes. So thank you for listening to this Topical Life, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to This Topical Life with Tiffany Murphy. Available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Donations to help support This Topical Life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R eon.com front slash this topical life likes and comments are always appreciated and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode we'll see you next time for more real conversation real exploration real life stories because life ain't a vacation